Welcome back, everybody. Rooted in Logos podcast, episode number 101. We made it. We are past the century mark of the podcast. Very cool. Very, actually, like, most podcasts trickle out, I think I was reading, after like six or seven episodes. Really? We are at episode 101. We're official. We're official. We have made it. We have arrived. Not really, but... (laughs) We're we're, we're still here. In our mind. We're still here. (laughs) That's we are still here. We're still angering people with our views and our opinions. Especially with this one. Especially with this one. Yeah, it's fine. So episode 101, if you guys go back to episode number 99, we started a conversation with Austin and Emily about head coverings. Pulled out of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 1 through 16. We made it through nine verses, and we're continuing to discuss this topic. So we're going to finish up our discussion on head coverings. I have a couple of arguments that I've seen against it that seem pretty convincing to me. But uh, not to Austin and Emily, so I'm gonna we're gonna dive into that a little bit, and we're just gonna finish walking through this passage about head covering. So go back and listen to episode n- number 99 if you have not done so yet. Please go back and listen to it. It does carry over to this one. You need 99 to listen to 101. Yes. So that is the plan. Uh, just a reminder: we do have a young child here, uh, very very newborn, very little. And so you will hear some of his noises from time to time. You're going to hear my goofy husky in the background barking because he's really angry he's not inside right now. So that's going to be a thing. Deal with it. Nothing I can do about it. But that's where we are. Sounds good to me. Oh, by the way, uh, my wife is joining us again. Say hi, Emily. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) A little behind the scenes, too. We're recording this on the same day we recorded episode 99. So it. No, I I tell people. It's fine. We're honest. We're an honest podcast. So uh, Emily's kind of looking at us like, why are we restarting this whole thing again? <laughs> this feels weird. I, have, I haven't left. So, But anyway, we're going to dive in. We're going to jump right back where we left off. Verse 10. Before we do so, do us a favor. Jump on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, social media. Find us, like us, subscribe, comment. Give us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. Download it. Share episodes with people. Let's get this thing going. Austin, verse 10. Let's get back cool. into it. Real quick, for verse 10. Some may be wondering, you know, well, why aren't you using other other sources? You know, why aren't you using uh, other things to help either uh, bolster or take away? Well, the only thing you need is scripture. Um, we we have different commentaries that that we've read through, sure, but there there is no need for anything else besides scripture. Um, there are books that have been written, a case cases for head coverings there have been podcasts that have been placed out which which are great but all you need is scripture go go and read it that's it so that's what we're going to do verse 10 for this reason the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels so this gets into some deep stuff uh we're we're going to talk about here so we're going to camp out on verse 10 for a little bit it's interesting so the first section of the portion of scripture here uh going back listening to the first episode it's not necessarily telling the women that they are wearing a head covering as a sign of authority because of their husbands or because of the man you're not wearing the head covering because it's showing their authority over you now we get to the real reason why you actually wear the head covering it is a symbol of authority on your head because of the angels. Now, whose authority? It's, it's not a symbol of her own authority that she has. It is a symbol of God's authority on her. 
It is a thing that has been placed upon her head that is showing who? The angels. So this is a big one. The, there is a common argument that talks about the, the word angel here. It, you know, angel translates as messenger. So a lot of people will take this as, oh, well, it's not actually talking about, you know, like supernatural angels. It's talking about ministers. It's talking about messengers, like um, whoever is leading worship, whoever is uh, being the pastor or elder, you're, you're wearing a head covering for them. It's like, well, okay, let's, let's take a pause there for a minute. Say that that's what Paul's talking about. Completely take out the supernatural, take away the angels, heavenly angels, and it is truly just the ministers. It's talking about the fathers, the husbands, the pastors, the elders, the worship leaders. It's still telling you you're doing it for them. You're doing it for the sake of them. Why? It is a symbol. It is a show to everyone else that you have authority, power on your head given to you by God. Even just talking about symbols, you know, uh, our Christian faith is pretty big on symbols. Uh, look at communion. Look at uh, baptism, uh, wedding rings. Granted, uh, that's not really biblical either, but... But it's a symbol showing something. So why not head coverings as well? Communion. Communion. Communion's a big one. Which did I say that already? I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> I zoned out. Wow. It's okay. She zones out while I talk. It's fine. Well, she was listening to the uh, just the the wonderful musings of my dog outside, <laughs> driving me nuts. Anyway, it's so I apologize to our listeners for having to hear him too. Well, I was also trying to remember. I think in the last episode you said something about whether or not we have a symbol now in the West that can substitute for it. I mean, if you know of something, tell me. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't, I've never seen anything, heard of anything. It seems that we just kind of get rid of the whole thing instead of um, replacing this particular symbol. So this may be getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but one of the arguments I found very compelling when just reading this was they alluded back to verse 5. Which says, but every wife or woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head since it is the same as if her head were shaven. So I, one of the arguments I've heard and read and seen is that this Paul is specifically talking to women who are praying and prophesying within the church and are doing so as not to usurp authority. And they're using the head covering to show, yes, I'm doing this in the church right now but I'm still doing it under the authority of, of the, the, the leads of the church and of God. What would you say to that? So it's not a prescription for all women, just women who happen to pray or prophesy in the church. And, and this gets a little bit into the weeds, and I haven't really gone this far, but where they talk about how in the first century church, there was a little bit more women able to proclaim the gospel and, and able to pray and, and, and talk in certain scenarios within the church as opposed to now. I don't know. It, that gets into the weeds for sure. But what would you say to that? Is that it's prescribing those who are prophesying or praying? I think that's a great question. So, again, going back to translation, like last episode, reading the ESV versus uh, like the interlinear going straight from the Greek, um, it really does it a disservice because it's talking about men and women. It's not just talking about husbands and wives. So... Looking at it from that perspective, it's not just church, it's within the home. It, it, it carries on to just 
the the body being well not just no it doesn't carry on from the body because the body is everywhere christians are the sons and daughters of god make up the church right also moving on from there getting into the weeds but not really what does paul say about women speaking in the church he says not to he says i i do not permit a woman to uh, preach or teach or exercise authority over a man that's that's not husband that's not pastor it's over men in general now again this is a point of contention which we talk about in verse 16 but most most christians will tell you oh well this is only in church setting if they truly prescribe to authority within the church in the hierarchy but then once outside of the church they're fine with women being president rule in those roles of authority being the mayors the governors being um being even police officers but what scripture says is i do not permit a woman to exercise authority over man and if as christians we take that truly as what it means that's in all aspects of our life right we're we're taking scripture putting it in all aspects of our life if we start degrading scripture to only fit within times of worship and only within the church, but it doesn't matter outside of the church, that is, that is very, very dangerous. So I, I have read it biblically as when he says, I do not permit a woman to exercise authority over man. That's in all aspects of life. So in case you didn't know, I am not a proponent for women being in the military. I'm not a proponent for women being police officers, governors, mayors, definitely not pastors. <laughs> but that's it. If, and especially a Christian, I'm talking to Christians here, if there is a Christian woman that goes out and becomes a mayor or becomes a um, police officer, they're exercising authority over men. I'm just going to leave that one right there. <laughs> Back to the question yeah. of the verse 5. I would go back to verse 3, and what is he talking to? He's appealing to Christ's headship. He says, But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. He says the head of every man is Christ. The head of every woman is Christ. He's not saying only the women praying or prophesying right here. He's talking. He's addressing every man, every woman, when he's appealing to this. And so I would say that it, while sure it would um, apply to anyone who's teaching, like if you're teaching a Sunday school or whatever, I would say it would apply there for sure. But I don't think that anything in here implies that it's Limited. only yeah. women who have some form of leadership in there. I forgot the exact question, but <laughs> it's okay. We went down a different lines. It's okay. I know. <laughs> I'm gonna read and, and I'll do this after we get through some more verses here. But I want to get back. I want to go back to this okay. when we get toward the end of this because I want to read just a couple paragraphs of this article. Um, again, extra biblical, so I'm not taking this as scripture. I'm not. I, I'm just saying this. This one seemed compelling Relevant, to yeah. me. Yeah. So yeah. I, I want to kind of go through it, but we'll we'll get to that after we get through the the passages real quick. Uh, okay. Just don't let me forget to go back. Okay. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to run, jump over to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 9. Again, this is Paul, just a few chapters before. For I think that God has exhibited us apostles as last of all, like men sentenced to death, because 
we have become a spectacle to the world, to angels, and to men. N. Big distinction here. So next we go to 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 21. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus and of the elect angels, I charge you to keep these rules without prejudging, doing nothing from partiality. And let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 12. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves but you, and the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. There is a big distinction here, I think, between men being the messengers versus angels. As in, when we are within worship, when we are praying, when we are prophesying, especially within the church, angels are present, okay? Um, the heavenly angels, not just messengers, men, heavenly angels are present and they are watching. And there are several other um, references to that. Plus, you got a lot of modern worship songs that also right. believe that. So, as you are praying, as you're prophesying, as, as a woman with a head covered, angels are watching you. And I, I've taken it as this, as the angels are watching, it's like a huzzah. You are bolstering what they are doing. And you are showing them this power that God has given you being placed on your head. For the men who are praying and prophesying with their head uncovered, the angels are watching this, seeing you do this, obeying, and yet again, it is a huzzah. It's, they're, they're being obedient. They're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, looking at angels, okay, they're not omnipresent. They're not omnipotent. They don't know everything. Going to Peter... They are watching us. They're watching mm -hmm. us, and they long to look in the things that God is presenting to us. Even to the point, Emily and I, we, we were talking about it, how, you know, the things that were going on with Paul. I guarantee angels were, were sitting there or standing there wherever they were just watching. And, like, I could almost, almost see moments where they're, like, jaw drop, like, look back at God, but God's chill. And they're like, <laughs> okay— it's in, it's in his will. Things are going the way he, he wants yeah. them to. But they, they don't know the future. They don't know the things that are happening. They, they they're don't, watching in real time. <laughs> in real time. Yeah. Everything they're watching and it is new for them. Well, and, and that First Peter verse specifically talks about how they, they don't know our hearts. They're, they're, they would love to see what the Holy Spirit is teaching us right. within. And, and they're just like... They're, they long to look. They they long to know these things. And they're just watching like a, I, I just imagine it like a movie type deal. They're like, oh, you know, like, come on. Do you want us to go down now? Can we, or can we, not down, but you know what I mean. Can like, we go can we, can we intervene? Yeah. And it's right. like, well, you know, just watch. Right. Well, and they don't. They don't. The only time that they do is when God tells them to. Yeah. And even looking back at, okay, they're looking at things in real time. God looks at. Gabriel and says, hey, I need you to go talk to my servant Daniel, and I want you to tell him this. 
so Gabriel goes down. But what happens? He, he is delayed. met by the yep. pr- by the the prince of uh, Persia, or Babylon. It wasn't Persia then. It's fine. Anyway, the prince of Babylon, and he fights with him for like a like a month or something, and then he gets to Daniel. All real time, he's like, Daniel, I've been trying to get to you, and I've been fighting with the prince of Babylon and Michael just showed up to relieve me. And now I'm here telling you exactly what God told me to. (laughs) And it's all real time for them. Same thing with, okay, God tells Gabriel, Hey, I want you to go tell Mary that she's going to give birth to my son. And like, I can imagine Gabriel being like, yeah, it's, they, it's awesome. Yeah. Do you see them as, as like, all right, is it time to go get him yet? Can can we bring him up here now? Can, right, can right. We... Well, I mean, even thinking of the the harvest and the wheat, you know, and yeah. how they're <laughs> the angels are like, we want, can we please, we please, like it's <laughs> yeah. like right. you can imagine, yeah. Well, what because that's we like. do know, we do know that the angels know who is for God and who's not. They know who the weeds are and they, they know can who see, the wheat. Yeah, because they in the parable of the wheat and the tares, they ask, you know, can we rip up these weeds? Because they can see them, and God's like, well, no, no, you can't because it'll it'll rip up the the wheat as well so they they know the distinction for who's who's for god and who's not but the they are truly being obedient yeah. and they are being submissive to i like that anything <laughs> else to be said for the angels i mean there's so much because to be said of the angels well i know for but. the angels but yeah well it's i mean the whole point is it is um they are not when they look at us, if they look at me as I'm praying, they're not going to be like, ah, oh, she's got a piece of cloth on her head. They, it, as far as what I believe and as far as what Paul is telling us here, I believe they see a symbol of authority. Mm. You know, they are seeing the spiritual reality of it, whereas we are doing the symbol for that sake. So, you know, all of the symbols have a spiritual reality. Yeah. And they, have, they are spiritual beings. That. So, yeah, the... The piece of cloth, no matter what type of cloth, what it's made out of, how thick it is, that does not matter to the angels. The fact that it is power. It is power upon the woman's head. When the man does not have it, it is a symbol of power because Christ is his head. And so, yeah, the angels see that. They don't don't see a cloth. Yeah, no, I think that's, yeah, that's great. So I guess we'll move on. There, there's a lot more to be said here, but I was uh, say, we could so we could camp out here for a long time. So we'll move on to verse 11. Or I'm going to read 10 and then through 11. Okay. For this reason, the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. Nevertheless, neither is man independent of woman, nor woman independent of man in the Lord. So this goes back to looking at both the left and the right ditches of the woman saying, I don't need a man. I, have, I don't need a man. Well, even just having that symbol of authority can... Uh, I have seen a couple couple cases. I haven't seen it a whole lot, but I have a feeling with it resurging a little bit, it's going to start becoming more of a thing. But occasionally you'll see some very flamboyant yes. head covers. I don't even know what you want to call them. <laughs> but like people who are very flamboyant, like bright, crazy... Basically, when scripture is telling you not to like put all the gold in your hair and do all that kind of stuff, they're basically doing that with head coverings. Right. And yeah. it's just like, how high can it's I gaudy. pile it? How bright is it? And um, it, it and we can get caught up in the symbol itself 
or think, oh, well, I'm better than such and such because I am obeying this. And, and, and you, you just get, you can get caught up in what the symbol is on a material level instead of just sticking to, hey, it is a symbol that represents something important. And what it represents is the important thing. And God uses a symbol to relay right. that to others well, and to yourself because we have weak minds. So a head covering and just like with communion, doing it every week and just like with baptism and all these things are really good physical representations, physical reminders for something that's really going on that we forget. <laughs> like right. he's explaining all these things that are underlying this one little bitty thing. It's, it's a super simple act. Nobody probably really thought about it until we started really being all feministy and i mean it was just not a big deal because it was part of everyday life but since we've gotten away from it now it's now it's you have to take more time to sit here and deal with some of this stuff but but he's just explaining the reality behind that little piece of cloth (laughs) that you're using and that's a good reminder for us i mean even when i first started covering i remember telling austin i was like wow i have been praying so much more lately because i'm there's a there's a cognizance yeah i'm aware of the fact that i'm wearing something and it's like well remembering okay well that means you're praying so it's like it was just a it was just a really good reminder especially at the beginning um for that it just makes everything so much more intentional and the fact that i have to physically put something on my head helps me i mean just in my weak little brain (laughs) to know and to be more reverent and just to pay attention to what I'm doing. Yeah. Well, and I guess we'll we'll take a step back for a minute. Sorry. (laughs) No, because when, when you started covering and we were fully convinced and everything of uh, the backlash that we got, but especially from the people closest to us, Mm -hmm. mostly Christians, mostly, Christian. Well, yeah, the, the the non-Christians don't care. Yeah. And whatever. <laughs> but no, it was it was we were, we were called prideful. We were called uh arrogant. And that was in the very beginning stages of just like me questioning it like being like have you guys thought about this like in a genuine like seeking counsel kind of way, not right. as in like a hey, why don't you do this, but like as a help me out here. Like what is this? <laughs> that that blows my mind it, because you know, at the very least if you hold, you should hold to this idea of if that is what your conscience <laughs> is 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 leading you towards. That's what the Holy Spirit's leading you towards. Then I am all for it. I'm not going to say anything against it. That's biblical. Paul talks about that, right? If you don't feel, if you feel uncomfortable eating meat from an idol, that's fine. You, do it you, unto the Lord. Do it unto <laughs> yep. the Lord. If you yep. feel like it's okay, do it unto the Lord. Like why do why why can't we at least be there with this? And, and that that blows said. my mind of like. <laughs> I, I, listen, I know you guys very well. I at least like to think I do. <laughs> and the, the, there is not an arrogant bone in your body, right? In this, in in we all struggle with pride. So okay, let's, okay, <laughs> but, but you know what I'm no, saying, I know, right? I like know what you, mean. The, yeah. the, you guys, whether you, wherever you take your obedience and wherever you you go, it is from the most genuine, really wanting to be more like Christ. Yeah. And whether you take something farther than I would, or whether you do something differently than she would, like you're doing it from a genuine place, yeah. and it's not a place of arrogance. It's not a place of pride. It's not a place of look at me, I'm better than you. It's a genuine. I am pursuing Christ, and this 
is where I'm being led to do so. Mm-hmm. And so I want to say that like when you see people going through something, doing going into something like this, head coverings or, or alcohol or, or whatever the case is, tattoos, whatever the case is, understand where they're coming from. They're hopefully they're trying to be more like Christ in this pursuit. Stop being buttheads to them. Like <laughs> they are pursuing Christ, and this right. is a new thing, something that they've been laid on their hearts and that they want to start pursuing. Yeah. Stop being a jerk about it. Like, yeah. just yeah. let them do it. Yeah, you would think. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it was just really hard because that's already a super difficult thing when you've never seen anyone in your whole life do something like this. And then you also have no idea, like, how to do it yourself. Like, I remember being like, well, what do I wear? And, like, I would... How much try, does get covered? Right. Well, I would yeah. try scarves and veils. And I mean, I had I already had kids by that point. So, I mean, that was kind of difficult. And it took me a long time before I figured out, oh, there are other ways to do this. There are more simple ways to do this. And yeah. there's places like Garlands of Grace and things like that. But yeah, I that was so uncomfortable at first already, just in that level of knowing that this is totally not what anyone else in our culture does. So I'm already going to look weird. Yeah. And so, you have that, you just have yeah. that weird feeling at first so a little side little side note and if I, you want me to cut this out i will but uh last time you guys came in to eat at, at the restaurant mm-hmm. where i work you guys blessed you know prayed before you ate and you took your austin you took your hat off and gave it to emily and you put it on and then when the prayer was over swapped it back yep i noticed it i'm like i know what's going on there <laughs> my other server noticed it really oh my goodness and asked uh, like because she understood why you took your head off to pray, because See, that's that actually a very <laughs> common thing, right? You yep. take your head off to pray. Take your head off for the national anthem. You take your head yep. off to pray. Like, that is normal. We see that. We know it. Yep. But she's like, well, why did she put it on? <laughs> and so we had a very brief, as much as you can, within right, a work right. context. Like, it's from the it's a head covering thing in the Bible. It's it's kind of a big topic right now. Like <laughs> We can get into it if you want. She's like, oh, I was just curious. I'm like, okay, cool. And that's kind of where we left it. But yeah. it was noticed. And, and it... You know, yeah, and I still struggle with that. Like, I'm still like, oh no. <laughs> it wasn't even. A, she, there was no like. No, I know. I know. Weirdness there. It was just a. That's odd because I know why he did that. Why did she do that? Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's why. I mean, I do prefer to wear it more. Um, just already have one on instead of having to do stuff like that. Yeah. But sometimes I forget. So. Yeah. <laughs> when well, we're out in public, I forget to. Even for the men, that is, that especially now, that's something that's being lost. Um, how many true. men go into a building with hats on? I, uh, I do. Yeah. That, I mean, honestly, like. Yeah. Well, and but that, did you grow up with anybody saying, take that hat off? Only in church. Okay. okay. So, like, yeah. I wasn't allowed to wear a hat to church. And, well, and like, when, and I still don't wear a hat. I won't wear a hat to church. Like, I, I might, <laughs> on a Saturday morning when I'm going to practice, I might have a hat on. But right. when, but if we pray before practice, I take it off. Yeah. Still. But, like. Don't wear it to church. Take a hat off when you pray. That is a thing. If I'm wearing a hat to dinner for whatever reason, take it off to pray. Like right. that. That is something that was in, instilled in me. Even right. in the military, that's still well. Yeah, I don't no, know. it is. Is it still? You okay. have to take your hat off if you enter a building. Right. Okay. I thought. Yeah, it was. I don't do that. Yeah, I'm going to Walmart after this. I'll probably wear a hat and go. I'll wear my hat into Walmart. But well, but it, I mean, it comes <laughs> from here. Yes. And yeah. it's, I mean, this is where it. That has something that nobody's ever thought. I'm being oppressed by having to take my hat off. You know, it's like, right. however, on the other side, because he's not literally just talking to women. I mean, the whole thing is he's talking to both yeah. and explaining both correctly. 
and we've just tossed one, kept one. Exactly. But then, like you're saying, that one is even being lost now because yeah. we haven't taught why. There's right. no, there's nothing to hold it down like what we talked about last episode. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> yeah, teaching the why, <laughs> and and getting into the topic of legalism. Which okay, defining what is actual legalism. It is you are doing something for your salvation, and and typically. Um, trying to get others to also to do it exactly yeah if you're trying to tell other people you have to do this and if you don't you're not saved that's legalism okay versus telling people hey scripture is telling us to do this as we are doing saying this is a callback to scripture the reasoning for through through past history why people would tell men to take off hats as they enter a room or as they enter a building is because Again, from this passage, when you enter someone's home and you keep a hat on your head, what you're telling the person who owns that house is, your roof is not sufficient enough for my head, so I must cover my head. Hats were not a a fashion statement. (laughs) When hats were were made, it was to cover your head. From the sun, it was to protect you from the the weather, the elements, uh, whatever it may be. It was not a fashion statement. Later, it becomes one. But again, you enter a home, and whoever the authority is of that home, you are saying, when you don't take your hat off, I don't submit to your authority, and your house is not good enough for my head to become uncovered. Now, is that stretching from what Scripture is saying? Yeah, that's not biblical. That's not biblical, right. no. No, but, but the president is there, and I, I think it's a good rule of thumb to take. When you enter a home, you don't need the hat anymore, granted. Again, hats are stylish now, so the the actual proponent of why you're wearing the hat isn't there. But but yeah, it's interesting how throughout history, just throughout the 150 years of history, one side has been completely thrown out, women wearing veils or coverings, and, and men, like you said, during the national anthem, during prayer, during church, you, you remove your hat. That's just commonplace. That's what you do. Why? Because of this. This is why. Okay, let's go back to verse 11. Nevertheless, neither is man independent of woman, nor woman independent of man in the Lord. This goes back to the argument for me of a woman can only wear a head covering if she's married. Well, no, as this says, if a woman's not married, she is not, she is still not independent of a man because of her father. We've already talked about in the last episode, if she doesn't have a physical father, you know, pastor or just God himself. Uh, So we're not independent of one or another. Again, this goes back to the left and right ditch of women are from man. Okay, it goes back to creation. Yet again, this is an appeal to creation. Woman was created from man. But since then, man come from woman. We are born from a woman. So we are not independent from each other. We need each other. Therefore, the symbol of authority is important. Verse 12. For as woman came from man, even so man also comes through woman. But all things are from God. Judge among yourselves. Is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered? For a woman to pray, this is just in general. 14. Does not even nature itself teach you that if a man has long hair, It is a dishonor to him. Okay, why? Why is it a dishonor to man? Well, when you look at a 
a person. They, them, he, she, viva, boom, boom. <laughs> you look at him from behind and you see long hair. What is your first instinct? For me? Oh, that's a woman. Unless, like, they're, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> massive. Unless you're looking at <laughs> Thor. You're looking at, uh, oh, what's his name? Chris Hemsworth. Being like, oh, yeah, it's totally a dude. He has long hair, but that's a dude. No, the first instinct is, oh, that's a woman. And then they turn around and you're like, oh, nope. That's a dude. <laughs> well, think about, I don't know if this is true for everyone, but anyone I've ever talked to, especially your boomers and pretty much generations before that and then after that, that uh, barring maybe the current one. I don't know. Right. I don't know how they set, split up generations these days. But <laughs> anyway, they I've heard so many times how back when I was in my rebellious stage with my long hair, you know, it's like that was a form of rebellion. And you look at like most people's dads had a stage of like long hair and they would also associate it with their rebellious rebellious stage. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting. That's just a side note, but I do think that's interesting. Look back at the sixties. I I know. (laughs) That was a rebellion. (laughs) It was, it was a rebellion. It was a rebellion against God. And I mean, thank the Lord. A lot of them came, came to, came to Christ, but what happened? Most of them cut their hair. The men, the men cut their hair. So yeah, it's uh, does not even nature itself teach you that if a man has long hair, it is a dishonor to him. Again, dishonor to himself, sure, but who is he actually dishonoring? He's dishonoring who is his true head, Christ. Now, yes, we are talking to Christians, but back before it says the head. Uh, I want I want you to know the head of every man is Christ. Sure, I'm not going to unbelievers saying, how dare you have long hair? I'm not saying that to Christians either. But it's every man. The head of every single man is Christ. And the head of woman, every woman, is man. Again, hierarchy. People people hate that word, but it's there. (laughs) So, verse 15. But if a woman has long hair, it is a glory to her. For her hair is given to her for a covering. All right, so this is the other one. This is the other one where a lot of people go to of saying, oh, well, the the hair is given to her as a covering, so therefore the woman's automatically covered. So she doesn't have to wear anything on top of her head. All right, so let's hover here for a minute. If that were the case, then literally verses 2 through 14 make absolutely so no sense. Pointless. There's no point to it. Because here Paul is laying out reasons for a woman to have a covering for the angels. It is a symbol of power on her head. But then he goes and would say, oh, well, actually, it doesn't matter because she already has a covering. Therefore, all this is null and void. That makes no sense. No sense at all. Now, also, let's break it down to Greek words. Throughout that whole passage until this point, there is a different Greek word used for covering, for the power. When it gets to this, this is a completely different Greek word. Why? Because the covering is a different covering. And it's not the covering, it's a covering. Now, also following that logic of if a woman has been given this natural covering, this natural symbol of authority, when she is not praying or prophesying, is she supposed to take off her hair, right? Not only that, does that mean that men 
can grow their hair long except for when they're praying and prophesying and then they right. chop it off and then or or is a man supposed to be shaved and bald all the time because if he has hair that's a symbol of power therefore he's misrepresenting the godhead see that that logic does not match up and well just grammatically grammatically mm-hmm. also like it like that's the paragraph structure makes no sense if you swap that in there but it is the greek word is like a I don't know what it is. It's like a P word for the one the okay. for your hair in verse Peribolation. Yeah. Peri- and then the covering spoken about in the rest of them is like the catalypto or whatever that word is in different Cata- versions. Catalypto. There you go. Yep. Those versions Catacly- through all the other verses. So it's literally not the same word. The references it's still the same. Okay, the hair is yes, it is still a covering of the head, but the type of covering that it is supposed to be is a different covering. That, that's what we're trying to get, get across here. So verse 16, But if anyone seems to be contentious, we have no such custom, nor do the churches of God. So what does this mean? Does this mean that if anyone would disagree or agree with this, this isn't actually something that we have in the church, so don't worry about it. No, what he's saying is, if anyone is being contentious, if anyone is disagreeing with this, we don't have any other Custom. There is no other custom in all of the churches, not just Corinth, all of the churches, but this. I would also go on to verse 18 if he were talking just to um, to the to the point of like in verse 18, when he's talking about the Lord's Supper, he says, for first of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you. Don't you think he probably would have said something along those lines if he was only talking about covering in church, he would have said any, I mean, he could have said, he he spent all these verses explaining it. He probably would have said, I'm talking about only in church service, or right. I'm only talking about when we gather. I don't know. I was just thinking about that. Well, and it says, <laughs> come together as a church. Yeah. Not in the church, as, as a church, because well, you are the church. I was reading the King James Version, so it's <laughs> in the church. And, and, and that's it. It's this. He is not just talking to the Corinthians. He's talking to everybody. Yeah. He's talking to the Ephesians the Corinthians, the Philippians, the Galatians. He's talking to all of them. He's talking to all of us. For for me, verse 16 breaks the cultural just Corinth. For me, this breaks just the time frame of the first century to all of history, all of the centuries until Christ comes. There is no other custom besides this. As in, this is it. And it goes back to verse 2. Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the traditions just as I delivered them to you. He Meaning is, this is one of the things they were actually getting right. Yeah. He's just explaining why they do it so that right. they right. can have that. This is a letter. He is going directly from head coverings, talking about the symbol of authority, talking about the hierarchy from God the Father to Christ to man to woman. It leads into Passover. It leads into the Lord's Supper. It's all together. If you read it all together, it flows. And he is presenting this to them again. Yes. Why is he not presenting this to the the Ephesians? Well, for one, we don't know that. We read the letter he sent to the Ephesians or Galatians or Philippians, and this isn't there, but you can't discount the times that he went and visited them either. But also, like we talked about in our last episode, there are things that he mentions to the Galatians, the Ephesians, the Philippians that he doesn't mention in the Corinthians. So does that null and void 
the things that the other churches are supposed to do and say, ah, actually, Corinthians don't have to do that either. Well, well no. All of Scripture for all of life. Right. Um, we are to follow all of it. I, I, I mean, just historically, we know <laughs> these letters got around to all of the churches. They passed them back and forth. Whenever the Ephesians got a letter from Paul, it was told to, especially to Timothy, make sure all of the churches in Ephesus know. This isn't just send it to that one church and that's all you got to do. No, it's sent to all of them. Um, same thing with the Corinthians. They all got them to the point now where we have all of them as the, as the American church and everywhere else in the world. So for, for us, we are, we are fully convinced this is not this is not a conviction thing. We have not been convicted of a crime, and we're being sentenced to something. No, we're fully convinced, and be, because Scripture says so, and so we we obey, we do it. So two follow up questions to that. First being, let's say, and honestly, like this doesn't affect me a whole lot as someone <laughs> who is not married, um, to have a wife that. So I. I I can kind of have a little bit of freedom and like, yeah, let's just see what you think about these things. I'm oh, like, yeah. I don't have a dog in this fight right now. Right. <laughs> also not a woman. I don't know. <laughs> what is a woman? <laughs> yeah, well, someone who identifies as a woman. Anyway. Uh, Child birther. <laughs> um, so first question, follow up to that. You have a, a husband and wife who have been discussing this. Uh, we have a lot in our church right now, our, you know, my church that, that I go to, and I'm, I don't know about your all's new endeavors, if this is an issue there, but we have people within our church that it's like, they're having this discussion and they're, they're legitimately trying to come to some sort of consensus on this. They decide after, you know, reading and studying and doing different things that, you know what, it is cultural or it is something that they, they they don't agree with this, with what you're right, saying. Right. They come to a different conclusion. I hesitate to ask. Is that a sinful conclusion? Looking at it from the standpoint of culture? or Well, just they, they to the come to the conclusion that's different than yours. They right. say, you know what, for whatever reason, whether they take the cultural side, whether they take the your conscience side, whether they take the, the – she's talking to – he's talking to people who – or prophesying and praying, and only only them. They take that conclusion. They say, you know what? I, I me as a, I'm okay and comfortable with your thoughts. My, there. if I mean, because if they're grappling with it, that means they're aware of you know all the aspects and everything. Right. So I would say, okay, then what are you going to use as a symbol of authority for the sake of the angels? Because again, if we're going with, I mean, because that is what we've, that's what you can see is the main purpose. So for me, that's what it goes back to. Do you have something else that you would do? Because if you're kicking it out, kicking out the symbol, are you also then kicking out the principle behind it? And does that mean you're only kicking out the angel aspect? Or are you kicking out the hierarchy? You know what I mean? Right, so it's right, like, where right. do you draw the line? Are you just getting rid of the symbol? And if you are, I would say you probably need to replace it with something since he does tell you to do do something. Right. Yeah. And in which case, if you've gone through all that, I mean, there is a sin element, but... God, that's God. That's God's deal, <laughs> right? Of course, of course. Yeah. God, who is rich in mercy and grace, there is the grace of God, right? Right. Um, yeah, I yeah, I would go back to presenting it to them of okay, uh, what what portion of this are you struggling with? Are you struggling with the fact that God has placed man in charge of woman, not 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 husband in charge of of wife? 
No. We, we are assuming that. We are one. already <laughs> assuming that. That's there. But this is man headship over a woman. Therefore, going husband to wife, father to... <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Father to daughter. Okay. Right. Or are you being contentious? Well, we're not contentious, but having an issue with the for the sake of the angels. Okay. Well, talking about the angels, what do angels do? One, yes, they're messengers for God, but they guard the glory of God. What do angels do in the presence of God? They cover, cover themselves. Mm-hmm. The seraphim with six wings. They fly with two. They cover their face faces with two and then they cover their feet with two why because they're in the presence of god when a woman is going in prayer before god what is paul telling her to do cover why like we've talked about but two things one she's covering her glory she is taking away the shine of her glory covering it saying i am putting away my glory to come before the Most High King. And I'm putting this symbol of authority and power, not just this fabric, this is a symbol of the power in which I am placing on my head that is supposed to point to you, God. And so we we have this thing of angels are uh, glory guards. They're glory guards for, for God. They guard the glory of God. So my answer would be, if you do not cover, you are rebelling against authority. Been going through it. and Because, I mean, most people haven't. Exactly, if we're being yeah. honest, most people just don't even consider it, don't think about it. Well, and then I'd, I would place the blame on your, your, your pastor. I'd place, address this on whoever. It's, <laughs> you know, no, now it's you know, so you take responsibility for yourself. We, we've talked about that too. Right. But yeah. once you know, and you, you've re- read all this, as we've gone through there, there is nothing in here that talks about culture. And, and again, we've preference reference to places where it's anti that there's nothing to do with culture. It's everywhere. And so, yeah, being that symbol of authority, if you do not wear that, you are rebelling against the authority of God. Well, and e- either way, if you're doing it, do it unto God, because you can do it sinfully of course. and you cannot do it sinfully i mean if you're not doing it don't do it unto the lord like if you're if you're doing it truly in faith saying by some reason whatever it is you're convinced that that's not not only not necessary but that you don't need to then by all means let it be to the glory of god right well and so in you're doing it still in pursuit of christ you're not because i i don't i truly don't believe with the few people that i've had this discussion with and, and kind of talked about I truly don't believe they're they are not doing it as an act of rebellion. No, right, I, I truly no, don't. Not. I truly believe they. This is their con, con, conviction, not in a condemning yeah. sense, but conviction is in their belief. They're not right fully now. Convinced. They're not fully convinced, right. and and as long as they're still striving to be more Christ-like, and they are submitting, and they are they are, you know, using the high, you know the proper authority within the church and within their homes. I'm kind of okay because they, I think they are still pursuing, they're pursuing Christ right. and, and they're pursuing something, that headship. Something we came to at the very beginning was it's a piece of cloth. So what is the worst that I'm going to suffer from wearing it? Maybe some embarrassment, ridicule. some ridicule, 
maybe some heat like it might be hot <laughs> but for me i came to the conclusion that my my favorite rc sproul gives and that's basically i would rather do it and not have to than find out you know i really wanted you to do what i said when i said it in that in that right, passage right, basically right. you know what yeah. i mean so that's what i came to really quickly and the the idea of ridicule just blows my mind because Again, what did I say at the very beginning of the first episode we did on this? When I started to get to know you guys and was around you all, I legitimately just thought, oh, that's part of her wardrobe. Like, because it usually matches what you wear. Like, it just kind of part of your... I don't like, talk to anybody about it unless right. they ask me first. But, I've so never the, approached like, anyone. When I see a, a woman walk in to church with a, a bandana or a scarf or any kind of covering, maybe I do... Maybe not so much now, but like my initial thought has never been, oh, look at what they're wearing for head coverings and First Corinthians 11, and that's uh, ridiculous. Yeah. It's never been my thought. I was like, oh, that's just a, a fashion choice at the time. You know, yeah. now that I'm aware of this mm-hmm. more so, I might see, oh, I wonder if they're doing that. But again, still not a ridicule. Right. Like, the ridicule just doesn't, the first- doesn't jive. <laughs> like, that does not make sense to me why we would ridicule that. Also, there isn't there are enough forces... This is a different <laughs> su- subject, but there are enough things outside of the church trying to get at us mm-hmm. and, and divide us and and dis- discredit us. Why in the world do we are we going to fight about it inside and the church? And we haven't, but the first time I ever was complimented on, specifically on my head covering. I mean, I maybe people had said like, no, you know what? I think it was the very, very first time <laughs> I was ever complimented was, it was only two years ago. And it was when we were at Grace Community, John MacArthur's church, mm-hmm. and a lady came up to me as we were leaving church, and I was so caught off guard. Again, I feel so dumb. So if this person ever, for some <laughs> reason, listens to this episode, I am sorry. You caught me really off guard. She came up, and she was like, and I had three kids at the time, so I'm just used to people being like, oh, your kids are well-behaved, or hi, you know, your kids are cute, whatever. So I just, in my mind, that was, I was That's already going down going. that path. Yeah. And she was like, she was like, I really like your head covering. And I remember just staring at her. And I'm like the <laughs> dumbest person ever. I don't think I said anything. I was just like, thanks. And that that was it. I, was, I, I had an opportunity. I had never met any other person in the world that, that wore, knew what you knew were what doing. I was doing, yeah. wore a head covering. I mean, there were no other people in that room like that I had even noticed that had one on. And I was just so out of context i guess and i was just like just caught off i just looked at her so dumb (laughs) yeah (laughs) like i really am grateful i just had no idea what you were talking about (laughs) so yeah it doesn't happen much all right so real quick before we wrap up i want to go back to this topic of of uh when they are praying or prophesying Mm -hmm. and i want to read a piece of an article from a guy named barry york i don't know i'm not familiar with him uh he's on a website called gentlereformation.com I haven't. That already sounds. I know. Super. It sketchy. does. It sounds yeah. sketchy. I'm. I'm aware. I, so I'm full disclosure. I am not endorsing this gentleman as a theologian. Uh, okay. Okay. I'm not endorsing his website because I don't know. I have not. Right. This is just one of the articles that popped up, and this is an article that I'm like, okay, that is intriguing to me. This line of thinking, I can track with, mm-hmm. and so I'm curious what your, your takes would be on that. Are you? <laughs> All right. So again. Not an endorsement of him or his website, one way or the other. I don't know anything else about this man or this website. All right, let's hear it. Just this article. So, he says, look carefully at the topic of Paul's concern. Regarding this passage, in my opinion, York, Barry York, 
people supporting the modern use of head coverings may be guilty of two errors. First, they are not dealing with the grammatical context evident here. To understand this practice, we need to ask what particular question or concern Paul is addressing. Answering concerns is why 1 Corinthians was written. Contrary to what many may think, the issue under discussion in this passage is not should women wear head coverings or even should women wear head coverings in worship. Neither of these issues is the direct question at hand. Look at the passage again. The question Paul is addressing is should women wear head coverings when they are praying or prophesying? Verse 5. The question is is the specific matter under discussion. Uh, this is important. This important detail leads us to the next biblical principle. Sorry, leads us to the next principle of biblical interpretation. That is the second area often violated by students of 1 Corinthians 11. Read the passage in the context of all Scripture, um, and that's where he goes into talking about. Uh, he quotes um, Peter in a sermon at Pentecost, quoted from the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. So, again, his main point here, and I'm not going to read this whole article because there's a lot to it, but his main point is kind of summed up here. Head coverings were to remind prophetesses of their great privilege and need for continued submission. So it keeps the women who were allowed to prophesy and speak the gospel and, and share share Jesus because they didn't have the f- entirety of scripture yet. It keeps them essentially under submission to the authority of, of the men and of, and of Christ, right? So the head coverings were a symbol of those specifically who were there to pray and prophesy to stay in submission and not kind of usurp the role, not think of themselves, this sounds so terrible, to keep them, in, quote unquote, in their place. That, that sounds terrible. Sound terrible. It doesn't sound terrible. But not in our, in our, in our, in our, in our <laughs> not in this room, but in our, but don't hear, I'm not saying barefoot pregnant in the kitchen. You know, that's not where I'm I going. I don't know why you always keep picking on me. When you <laughs> I'm not picking that. on you. Stop. Uh, but no, knowing their place and knowing that, yes, this is a special privilege granted right now for a certain time, but you also still have your role. In the grand scheme of things, that's what the head covering store is for those women. That was one of the arguments that felt more compelling to me outside of the culture, outside of the your conscience, as your conscience permits. This one. So I have two things. Okay. One, are the women who are praying and prophesying wearing head coverings now? Okay, no. <laughs> I mean, that would be also, a good start. I would start changed? with that. I would that's start with true. That. And also, I would say that the women who are praying and prophesying nowadays are doing so outside of the biblical prescription of okay. Think of about headship and leadership, right? Just thinking about church. Are there any women that are in there praying and prophesying? Do you have any women in the prayer room? Are there women praying before ladies' Bible studies, before children's studies, um, during mission stuff, that kind I would of say thing? Yes. Worship. Yeah. Yes. So I mean. If we're going that route, I mean, okay. They I, I would then. say then yeah. I would say then at least go for that. Well, because we have someone in the prayer room during service yeah, and it's the a, whole time. Typically a woman. It's typically a woman. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, and my thing is, okay, one, what's changed? What has changed since then and now? Feminism. Feminism, but also, okay, we get into the cessationism topic of has tongues and has visions. Have mm-hmm. that ceased, or are they still continuing? 
And we also think, too, we this is more of a point in his favor. We do now have the entirety of Scripture at our disposal. They right. did not. Right. So there, there's, a, there's something to that, I think. Right. Well, uh, that gets into the topic, too. Prophesying. Okay. Old Testament prophecy versus New Testament prophecy. Christ came. And going back to... How far do I want to go? Uh, <laughs> talking eschatology here. Um, during that time period, before the temple fell, my eschatology is it ended then. Eschatology being um, the end time, study of the end time. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. For those Sorry. who didn't know what that word meant. Yeah. Of 70 AD, this was all before then. And when this was told that the old men would have have would dream dreams the the young men and the young women would prophesy it was to fulfill scripture joel but also to lead to true divorce true divorce with old testament with israel the destruction of the temple and the true beginning of the new covenant and so once the temple fell if you go back and read any of the early church fathers, after the destruction of the temple, there were no more prophecies. There were no documented uh, parts of uh, tongues. So was Corinthians written before or after that that time frame? Oh, it was written in the 60s. Yeah. So yeah. it was written before that. It was written. So that could no, be... No, 40s? A, yeah. yeah. Well... So, I mean... Long before that, so yeah. that could be a point in the favor of this interpretation... Because the prophecies were still happening in that moment until the temple fell. Did praying stop? Well, no. I, right. That's fair. But then also... <laughs> no, that, that I is mean, total I'm, fair. I'm, I'm just Absolutely. Saying. But then also, like I said, point two, you transition through the rest of the New Testament of prophecy. What okay. prophecy actually is. What is prophecy? Right. Well, Define prophecy, your words. Prophecy. <laughs> Say them first. <laughs> prophecy is just the telling of scripture. You are voicing scripture. So... I would transition this to, is there any woman that still prays, God willing, yes, um, is there any woman that is still sharing the gospel? Uh, like, okay, what's the we Great Commission? Be. You should be, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Great Commission. Yeah. You're going out, okay, because then that's the other not allowed authority over man. It's like, okay, well, there's a difference between sharing the gospel with people and teaching doctrine and theology right. to people. When you are going out into the world sharing the gospel, you're prophesying. You're prophesying to people. When you are sharing the gospel with your friends, with your children, whoever you may do, be doing that, you're prophesying. Why? Because Paul tells us these are the mysteries that have been kept until Christ has come. Right. And now we know the mysteries of God because of Scripture. Therefore, you're prophesying. I've already read several parts of scripture just on this podcast which by that definition means that i've already prophesied i've spoken right. god's word what he has said out loud and therefore in case you guys don't know since you're listening emily is head covering by the way <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but i mean i do that like with any kind of bible study yep. and, and and because there are a lot of people that say okay well then say i agree with head covering when do you do it well, right. for me, it's pretty straightforward praying and prophesying. <laughs> I, I mean, to me, it seems yeah. simple. But a lot of people are like, well, it's written to the church, so it's just meant to be like in church type settings and that kind of thing. And, I, you know, I, I can I get where they can get that. Right. I mean, I right. for me, though, I'm just like, I'm just going to 
I'm just going to do it <laughs> whenever, yeah. you know, anytime we're praying or speaking the word of God or right. I if do, it, I do it anytime we're having any kind of that conversation. Yeah. Well, yeah. Especially praying. If we're praying, what are we doing? We're going before, before the king the of the universe. Of yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're in a building or not, because why? Because the church is the people. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're going into a building, you're, you're going before the throne room. So you're placing that symbol of authority on your head and I'm removing so that, the glory of Christ is shining for mine. Yeah. Very so, nice. any more arguments? That's all I had. That that was the most compelling one. Yeah. Oh. Um, uh-huh. Well, I mean, <laughs> we, but because we've touched on the cultural. Yeah. We, we've touched on yeah, that, and we've yeah. touched on the only in the church versus only in you know, or, or versus all the time. We touched mm-hmm. on that just now, even in throughout the episodes. And the other one that we've also talked about is the conscience. Is is this a situation where you just kind of let your conscience and the Holy Spirit guide you? And I think to some level we kind of said yes on that. It's like as long as you're doing it faithfully and doing it unto God and you are faithfully pursuing mm-hmm. what he wants, then I think you're okay. You know, mm-hmm. you, like you said, you can do, you can wear it in sin. You cannot wear it in sin. Right. Yeah. Right. It's all about your heart. It's all about... And I will say, you rebellion. It's all about what are you, where is the motive coming from? I will say, God knows your heart, but the angels don't. <laughs> so, right. and that right. is why. <laughs> that's my that's that my final. <laughs> that goes back to what's the reason for wearing it? Yeah, exactly. But but yeah, it goes back Romans fourteen for whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. Right. So yeah, you have to be fully fully convinced <laughs> on board on yeah on or against either side on yeah. against yeah yeah. yeah. But again, it goes back to why. The reason for it is, yes, God knows your heart, but the angels do not. Can I ask one more question before Absolutely. we wrap up? So uh, it's been great because the church we've been going to is the first time there's been like multiple people multiple. covering. I've never even seen like one person for, I mean, until the last like year or so. And now I've got a whole a lot. church body, not all of them, but most of them do cover. Which is so exciting for me because I'm like, wow, I feel comfortable here and I don't have to like feel like I need to explain myself and, you know, just it's cool that I've been convinced, fully convinced, but her husband not. And I would say there's two categories. There's the tyrant style husband where he's like so unconvinced and just, you know, absolutely is like, I don't want you to do that at all. And then the other husband who's like, I don't really like it. I'm not really comfortable with it. How would you guys... Mm. counsel a woman to handle that if she feels like this is something that she needs to obey for God, but her husband is not for it. Yeah. I would. <laughs> my, can I, my initial response, my initial thought is, oh, yeah. is because I'm sure Austin's going to have a much more well thought out version <laughs> of this than me. But I mean, yes, you are in submission to your husband, but who supersedes your husband, right? Like mm-hmm. who, who ultimately it, it, it's honestly, uh, you can allude it back to your government. You're, you are under the authority of your government, but if one of their laws or one of their decrees or whatever is goes against scripture, you are to obey scripture over the government. I kind of look at it that same way. You are to obey, obey God over your husband. If your husband is not, you know, following Christ or, or, or is not, pursuing Christ the way the way he should, you then have to defer to God in those matters when it comes to a matter of obedience. I agree. When man's law thinks it supersedes God's <laughs> law, it's like, well, no, it doesn't. 
So in this case, it's like, no, the woman reads scripture and says, well, scripture is telling me to do this. It's, it doesn't matter if your, your authority, your husband is telling you no, or it, I don't like it, or it makes me uncomfortable. It's like, look, I, I love you, but I have to obey. I think that would be the key is the still having a gentle and quiet spirit and yep. not being a, your typical feministy woman who's do like, not be well, loud, do not be obnoxious, do yeah. not be boisterous. boisterous. Yeah. yeah. I mean, those are all traits of woman folly in Proverbs. Right. Do not be woman folly, be, be lady wisdom. And yeah. And it, I mean, goes back to Galatians six, one of, uh, uh, if you see someone in transgression, correct them in a, a spirit of gentleness. Um, you're, you're being gentle, especially if it's your your husband. <laughs> you are still being submissive in the way that you're speaking to him. Right. But you're like, I'm submissive to you, but who but is your head? Obey. Right. Your head is is Christ, and therefore I am I am obeying Christ. Yeah. yeah. He supersedes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, very cool. <laughs> the, Emily, thank you so much for coming on these last two episodes. That's it's awesome. I enjoy having you here. Me too. Uh, it's it's a good one. I'm still convinced that at some point in the in the near future, the two of them need to do something on their own. Um, but like that, a date night, like a date night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they the the perspectives that they have just as being young parents and and having as many kids as they do is is something that everyone could learn something from. I think. And forty six, right? Uh, Thirty seven, right now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. We've dropped anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so thank you, Emily, for coming on. It's always awesome when you're here, and uh, we're excited to get this out there. I would, I think, we would love to hear some reactions to this and your thoughts on on the head coverings and kind of where you all land and any other comments or concerns that come up. Bring them up to us. We'd love to interact. Give us a five star review on Apple, Spotify, anywhere you find us. That would be great. Follow us Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Not really on Twitter much because I have three followers. Maybe if you get some more, I'll do more on Twitter. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, We'll see you guys next week. In the meantime, stay stay rooted. rooted.